Hey everyone, welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 94. On this episode, we break down the Tabernacle Havana Seed 142, which is a very interesting cigar. We actually make a comparison between this cigar and the original Tabernacle. So as always, sit back, listen, and enjoy. Horribly disgusting. So let me uh, let me explain to you what I ate last night. Oh, jeez. So we got sushi. Mm, okay. From uh, Bukaki. Mm-hmm. Not Bukaki. Kabuki. Uh, one's coming and yeah. one's not. Okay. Yeah. I, I mixed. I got the name wrong. Uh, Kabuki. So we ordered a whole bunch of sushi. It was really fucking good. And then I got orange chicken. Mm-hmm. So we ate all the sushi. And then I was like, I'm going to think I'm going to save my orange chicken for today. I was going to eat it for lunch today. Yeah. Then I decided to hit the vaporizer around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Made my Friday night cinnamon rolls, yeah. so I made those. After that was done, after I ate those, I ate that entire orange chicken platter. So I bashed that. Then I ate a salad. Then I ate a yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> so and that all ended around midnight. So today I'm. I just ate for the first time like thirty minutes ago, because I my stomach was in turmoil this morning your your night is about as similar as mine as far as eating and smoking yeah so i oh yeah i played board games we played a a game called clash which is basically you go down into a deep dungeon you pull out treasure and you got to do it before a dragon basically kills everything that's interesting i upped the game basically by because we had 357 magnum hot sauce and it's like basically, if you die by the dragon, you have to take a hit. Oh, that was sauce. that's the one they use on hot ones. Yes. Yeah. So I took a hit of it just to like remind myself of how hot it was, and that was went pretty good. Anyways, but yeah, I I had Doritos. No, oh, yeah, um, Doritos, the ultimate. It's like spicy Doritos. Um, seven beers, a uh, Bloody Mary, and a. Uh, it's an mule. interesting choice. And and a Moscow Mule, and then we vaped, yep, for like twenty minutes, and just played games and kept drinking. Yeah, that sounds fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. The hot sauce. I think the alcohol kind of masked the hot sauce because I had a good head buzz going. I just didn't really feel the pain very much. It numbed <laughs> me emotionally and and physically. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've only intermittently seen the Hot One series. Yeah. So I made an effort starting yesterday morning to go all the way back to season one. Yeah, there's eight seasons. Yeah, it's already at eight, which is ridiculous. So I'm I'm going back through them now. That's the original actually, lineup. One is the 357. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I had that, and it was pretty spicy. As spicy as I remember it being. Yeah, I didn't have anything spicy. I just had like the worst thing in the world, like collectively all together and then you know it's like two in the morning at this point you're like gonna go home and you're like yeah i could really eat something so i went to taco bell and i got a nice spicy like steak burrito yeah i just kept eating spicy i love taco bell (laughs) just yeah and then like two uh, cheesy fiesta potatoes uh not a sponsor though but you know uh fucking love taco bell taco bell is the best thing to eat that late yeah especially after a night of drinking and a night of smoking, really, it's kind of the catch-all food preference that you could really have under that kind of scenario. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Plus, it a, it's... 
it was a fun night. I told the it's whole, I told the whole uh, X story to them, and they're yeah. like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, anybody who has not, who hasn't been involved for like a month, they would be, yeah, they would be shocked by everything. Yeah, I went some, I went through some like borderline Jerry Springer moments, but in real life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, some crazy shit that you can't. It's like. I can't make this up. You know how people always preface like, I let me tell you a story and I cannot make this up. Yeah. That is yeah. everything that's happened over the recent like two months. Yeah. And everybody listening to this is like, tell us what happened. Tell but guess what? what? We're not going to. I'm not going We're to. not going to say a fucking word. For everybody involved, I'll keep them protected. <laughs> yeah. Just some crazy shit. Um, so I do have some current events. Yes, I love current events. Now, these ones are real good. And I'm going to start with this one because I think it's so ridiculous and it happens to be an Asian lady, which Perfect. makes it all that much more ridiculous. I'm already turned on. So woman injects herself with homemade fruit juice and nearly dies. Oh, my word. So this lady, an Asian lady, is that relevant to the story? I don't know. But she's an Asian lady. Yeah. Her name is Zing. Um. She, in an effort to become more healthy, yeah, to challenge her current way of life, yeah, she decided that, well, instead of just juicing and putting this all into a food processor and drinking it like normal human beings and, and then try to cleanse them, system and yeah, she's like, let's go straight to the vein. My oh whole thought my process is God. probably an old heroin addict and now is trying to get healthy and figures that those injections work. She's Why not do fruit she's juice? She's fucking putting shots between her toes. And it's like, someone's <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing heroin? It's like, no, it's beet, fruit juice. <laughs> beet <laughs> juice. Beet juice. <laughs> fucking carrots and kale straight to the vein. And you're like, oh, that's good. Oh. Yeah, well, she, I think that's what she was hoping for. It damn near killed her. She yeah. ended up going septic because it started it was poisoning her. Yeah, it started shutting all of her organs down. Luckily, I mean, literally what happened is, and so if you think about it this way, anytime you inject something foreign into your system, yeah. your white blood cells attack, attack it. it, right? Her white blood cells continued attacking it, but the count got so low that that's what put her into like septic shock. She was in the hospital for five days in intensive What's care. What's crazy is that she didn't have the common sense to realize your body is a food processor. Right. And it will sort out whatever it needs to the appropriate places it needs to go and discard the rest. Right. Your body is the perfect food processing machine. I could just see, like, I think her thought process was path of least resistance to health is just straight, shoot it straight to the I veins. I wanted to feel the effects of healthiness immediately. Like, there's all these other <laughs> things people do, and they shoot it straight to the veins. I'm going to take this fucking coagulated fruit juice, something that you put in a processor, put in a syringe, and just boom, there it is. I wonder if there's anything else we could put in a syringe and fucking shoot it into our system. I'm sure you could try a lot of stuff. I'm actually surprised she didn't die because most of the time, like in ICU, people who become septic usually die. Yeah. Like there's more people that die of septic shock in the ICU than like anything. Yeah, your body so I'm, shuts down. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that she actually bounced back, but she did. But I mean, how do you live with that? Like after that happens and now that this is known publicly, and I guess we don't really know who she is other than her name is Zing. Uh, like at, at what point <laughs> Hold on, I just, just because it's out there, she, are you just going to be embarrassed to do anything? A couple days from when it all happened, she finally just comes to, she opens her eyes and standing above her over her hospital bed is a doctor. 
And he's like, uh, what's her name, Zing? Zing. Zing Chan. Well, that was about the dumbest fucking thing you could have done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you can't sugarcoat it. (laughs) You can't sugarcoat the severity and stupidity of everything that occurred. (laughs) It's really outrageous when you think about it. Oh, man. Could you imagine looking here's the thing like processing fruit could you imagine loading up a syringe with fruit juice and going this is a great idea that's the thing is like a lot of people you can laugh at the story itself yeah. i always laugh at the the lead up to everything like everything that has to happen in her head to allow this event to occur the event in and of itself is yeah. ridiculous and everything that happens after as far as the hospital stay being in the icu it's ridiculous her husband actually found her by the way so she's married <laughs> There's actually another human being that married this dumbass. But it's if you think about the events leading up to it, what has to go through her head to actually do that? Like, you wouldn't research this first of all? You wouldn't... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at what point? Like, what's going through your head for you just to sit there and calculate, you know what? I want to get healthy. Fruit juice is healthy. So I guess I'm just going to load it up in a fucking syringe, shoot it in my veins, because that's the path to quickest health. What? Yeah, she probably read something online talking about how, you know, you can clean up your blood and do all these things by vitamins and minerals that you consume. It's like, well, I'm just going to send it right there. But you know what it wasn't? There was nothing online that she read that said shooting fruit juice no, into your for veins sure, for sure. is the way to go. She 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 thought she was a medical practitioner. Right. She came to this conclusion <laughs> she, on her own. She, she started piecing these listen, things together. She does what I did. She got on WebMD, saw how they usually do it, and goes, you know what? I got to change medical history today. <laughs> because I just, firmly believe you can shoot anything <laughs> into your bloodstream. Just you wait, everybody. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. She almost, the vegetables literally almost turned her into a vegetable. Yeah, so isn't that the irony of it, though, is like her path to health almost killed her? Yeah, exactly. What a fucking the retard. The pursuit of healthiness. <laughs> it went the complete opposite direction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing to talk about, but it's one of those things where when I saw the story, I was like, yep, yeah. we're definitely going to talk about this one. Um, this, this story is very interesting and now we can go down like a massive rabbit hole in this one. Yeah. Um, because there are, you could easily spin it into the world of like, like an Alice in Wonderland type of no, rabbit almost, hole? almost like political belief system stuff, okay. but, I, but we won't, we don't have to. So intellectual godfather of ex gay therapy, Dave Matheson comes out of the closet. So this guy who for many, many years, like 20 years, was part of one of those groups that helped people who are gay become ungay. Yeah, like... So challenging the belief... Right. So he was in charge of that. Just recently, he came out of the closet, divorced his wife of like 30 some odd years, has children with her, and is like, you know what? You know what it could have been? What if he was a patient of those types of camps? Did it say if he was part of the... He wasn't. No, he was part uh, part of the um, uh, Mormon religion for a long time. Now, here's what I think. I think people who challenge, and you know, it's been said before, and I think it was, was it the movie Borat where he goes to one of those things and then, yeah. the, and then Borat was looking at the guy yeah. who was part of it and was just like, well, I, th- I think 
you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> like he was challenging this guy's sexuality because he was so blindly yeah. against gay people that he was just like, well, you're in fact just kind of covering up your own homosexuality. Listen, listen, gentlemen, everybody who's listening, if you are confused about your sexuality, there is one true, tried and true uh, uh, test that you can perform uh, to determine whether or not you're gay. And it's as simple. Your dick is like a compass. And it'll point to whatever it likes hmm. in the direction you want to go. That's interesting. So if you get a chubby or a, at a bubby, at a bubby, <laughs> you, you get a chubby <laughs> at a bubby, then there, the, and it's, it's pointing right at them, then there is some things to consider. Right. As far as your sexuality goes. Now, if it tucks back, runs in the opposite direction. At the side of a peen. At the side of another peen. Then, you know, you're probably straight. Right. So, use your, use your phallic thing, your weenie, as a compass to look for true north. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, what, what is interesting is that the group that he headed up actually served 700,000 patients. 700,000? I didn't know that there's that many gay people in the world. Holy shit, this camp made bank. 700,000, and then years and years later. So basically, he had come to some sort of revelation in his life where he was like, you know what, like... I've challenged these ideas for such a long yeah. period of time, but I am myself homosexual like this is this is like a recent where now he's he's questioned everything that he's done in the past well, what clearly, he has served. but he did say he did state in here that he does believe that it really did help some people because there was people who were brought to him forcibly and there was people who came, came to him willingly yeah as far as like i this is not the life i want to live so he said in some semblance even though you he doesn't feel that you can really change how people feel, like you said, yeah. your 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 phallic compass. Yeah. Um. He does think that some of the things that they he did, as far as bringing enlightenment to certain people, as yeah. far as some things, actually did help them long term. Now that you know, that's a subjective opinion, but it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, and for for females who go, well, I don't have a phallic symbol that points true north. Actually, it's different with a female. In fact, the way it works is it's basically like. Uh, proximity RFID. Uh, when you're close enough, you just start vibrating down there, <laughs> and that's how you know when your giblets, when your old hound hound dog jowls start your, waving, your old shaking, your old squish mitten. When you're around a female, and that 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 and that beeper goes off, that's how you know. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you could bring your own level of science to. <laughs> <laughs> the male and female anatomy and how it relates to sexuality. Yeah. It's very profound of you. Yeah. Yeah, you should be Dr. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it kind of interesting, though? Like One of the things that I was thinking about when I was reading this was just the fact that like you could be a part of something with such a belief over a long period of time and have that belief changed almost in like a dramatic second. This wasn't like... I'm sure he'd been contemplating for a while, and I'm sure there was a point at which, even through that practice, he was like, this doesn't make there's, sense it's anymore. Two, there's two things, right? It's uh, uh, 
external factors manipulating and mind washing you into believing something that you may right. disagree with but choose to. and obviously in this case and was denial and obviously this case was religious factors because yeah. he's he's practicing yeah Mormon. so denial and i think brainwashing has a huge play in that because you know you get your parents telling you how it is right like you need you're gonna marry a, right. a girl and you have kids and well some of that some of that could be and this is this is partially what i think uh when the movie borat which there's so many things in Borat and you could say it's just a crazy fucked up movie, but there are, there's certain political things in Borat oh, that totally. they're trying to, trying to create satire out of. It's totally. no different than anything that he does in any one of his movies, yeah. right? They're all meant, they all serve a purpose outside of comedy. Yep. And I think part of this was, is like maybe this guy's attempt to be this high level, I don't want to say anti-gay, but let's call it cleanse the homosexuality. Yeah. You know, I is simply almost for him to mask his own homosexuality. Yeah, true. Right? It's like this... Like the perfect the almost, mask. Right? This like almost overtly anti-homosexual as a cover-up because yeah. something, this other polarity is pulling him another way. So it's like, how do I, how do I have the ultimate masking of these own internal feelings that I have? So, like, so my thought process is he's probably felt gay the entire time. Yeah. But when he puts on that Loki mask, like in the movie The Mask with Jim Carrey, he's just this fucking horn dog, overly sexist, you know, maniacal type of person, right? Yeah. So. It's kind of crazy. Do you think he's going to dress differently now? I don't know. Because that'd be kind of crazy. He just comes out with like the flamboyant floral <laughs> button downs. <laughs> I feel so free. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. finally over. I think it's crazy that he was married for 34 years. I feel bad for people that if there's like this internal recognition, even for a long extended period of time, especially because he's, he's older now. He's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine living that long under this like false shelter? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then also convincing people the same thing. Yeah. Like that is so weird to me. That is a very weird dynamic. I wonder if he just lets stuff slip in a conference meeting. It's like, so do you think this will work, Doc? Work for me. And then he just kicks, <laughs> out, the <laughs> kicks it out the door. Uh, <laughs> I'm not telling you not to rub another right. gentleman's leg. I'm just saying, you know, don't do it when other people can see it. <laughs> right. It's very interesting. Very interesting. And you know what? I applaud him for finally doing it. It's better late than never. I I, I do too. And it's like, I know there's a lot of people who probably felt what he was practicing for a such long extended period of time is not only just kind of, especially today is, is goes against like even to an extent religious belief. You know, there's still people who feel that, okay, in Christianity and so on and so but it's so much more acceptable now and not only acceptable, but there's like this plea from society to just let people be people for him doing that for such an extended period of time. And just now in this kind of climate, come out and go, you know what? <laughs> Guess what, everyone? I like dudes. But what was weird was, is he claimed celibacy after he divorced his wife. So it was one of those things where it's like, I'm gay but I'm not going to do anything. And then it was like a short period of time after that. He's like, nah, I'm totally going to find a dude, (laughs) which is kind of strange at the same time. But he did some soul searching and some porn. 
right? He just watched different amounts of it porn. He just found himself. Found himself by watching porn. He's like, I'm definitely gay. I mean, I'm watching. He, ju- he just kept guys. going back to the. He's like, you know, I really like the dicks in the porn. Yeah. I could do without the vag holes. Yeah. Um, this next story is perhaps my favorite because yeah. of how ridiculous it is and it hits home for me. Australian engineer sues ex-boss he called Mr. Stinky for repeatedly farting on him. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Like, on purpose? So, the allegations were that this construction engineer, he's bringing allegations and lawsuit against his ex-boss for continually. And he's saying this happens multiple times a day, five or six times a day, that his boss would walk into his office and just drop bombs and then walk out <laughs> as a means to force this guy to quit. So the conspiracy around it is oh. he's not just doing it being jovial or being a so passive aggressive. It was as a means to just drive this guy out because he was unlikable, according to other employees. So the best part is, is the guy who did the farting goes. <laughs> he's like, he did admit I probably farted on him once or twice, maybe. <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck? But the allegations were up to five or six times a day, according to the guy who was actually serving a suit against his ex-boss. Isn't that crazy? The best part is, so you think about how ridiculous it is, but you also think that we're in a time of where any kind of harassment is not tolerated. Totally. Right? I just did another, like, a manager sexual harassment training, like, last yeah. week, because they're constantly being revised. Sure. Like, they're now they're putting in things as far as, like, transgender aggressions and so on and so forth so like the whole every time something new is introduced into the realm of like what could be construed as harassment whether it's sexual whether it's religious no matter what it is yeah then it's got to get introduced into this new manager's training course and actually for any employee really at our organization so it's like us keeping up with like certain terminology what's acceptable what's not acceptable um so you got to go through it, you know, over and over again. Yeah. What I, what I find kind of hilarious about the thing is like if you just sit back in this particular story and you just look at it and go, is that really, even if that did occur, it's like, you're going to sue someone over that. And then how do you prove it? Right? Like, how do you prove it? The best part is the judge's reaction. So the judge literally goes. I'm dismissing this. This is the most ridiculous thing in the world. No, I'm telling you, he, I, I kind of feel for the guy that it, it feels assaulted. I want you just to keep in mind that we're talking about the production of methane, the stuff that eats holes in the ozone layer. All right, and he's basically hotboxing in your own fucking <laughs> your office, <laughs> and you're consuming methane. I would think that after a considerable amount of assaults by forcibly making this man intake methane from an asshole that he might have coal miners lung. You Hmm. know, he could have some serious lung damage. Or he's constantly getting pink eye and couldn't figure out why. Right. Fecal matter flying in the air. I don't know if anybody's seen um, infrared uh, things at the airport of people farting. What is funny? Oh, they're hilarious the when, they, when they show up on the scanners. <laughs> you see them hike a leg or a butt cheek, and it's just like a poof cloud <laughs> behind their ass. <laughs> Those are really funny. But, you know, I think there could be some serious long-term effects. So you think there's a case here? I do. You think dismissal was the wrong way to go I for the judge? I think it was too hastily disregarded. 
or yeah, disregarded. Interesting. Well, it's going to the court of appeals now. My he, go. He's 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 so hell bent on the idea that all of this was a conspiracy to drive him out of his company that he's literally appealing. Now that's not going to look favorable for him, <laughs> but he might be able to settle something in a local court, maybe like a $25 gift card to an Applebee's or right. something as, as compensation. Maybe like a year's supply of aerosol. Cans yeah. Or for breeze, use. you right. know, something or, or, or lozenges yeah. or, you know, mints, because I would imagine if you're huffing enough pooters, that uh, your breath probably stinks because it's just going to stain your mouth. Uh, basically, based on the same premise of what you did to your pillow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You do it enough on something, it will change the DNA structure of <laughs> whatever it touches. And this guy might get halitosis from huffing fucking farts. It's good. I like, I like, it's a little bit of an overreach, but I like your detective skills here. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that he said, he goes, I would be sitting with my face to the wall and he would come into the room, which was small and had no windows. He would fart behind me and walk away. (laughs) He would do this five or six times a day. What's his boss's name? Um, it says in here, but I, uh, hmm, I forget what his boss's name is. Hmm. It's in the article, but. It's a pretty long article. You would think that it wouldn't be a long article since it's literally just I am, about a fart. I am but. just so baffled that someone took someone farting as being a villain. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, I can't think of one instance. Here's the thing. If you're a guy that's going to sue someone over a fart, yeah. then yeah, you don't deserve to be at that company. Period. Like, I'm just, I, I'm trying to think of another instance where a fart got someone in trouble like this. That it villainized someone because they did something what is considered natural. Now, I'll agree that there feels to be a malicious intent as there's plenty of places to fart, including outside, which if they're construction workers or whatever the fuck they do, I'm sure they have access to the outdoors pretty readily. Right. Well, and also a suable offense, in my opinion, if we're talking about flatulence, specifically farting, is that if this guy was taking a nap... And the boss pulled his pants down and literally put his little brown on this guy's yeah. nose and then yeah. just threw an air biscuit in his mouth. Yeah. That's a fireball offense. But I think passively walking by I mean, and letting one go. Yeah. I is mean, it any worse than doing it on a plane? No, no. If he stuck his finger in his butt and then rubbed a little Hershey kiss on his nose, <laughs> that for sure is a yeah. felonious assault. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're taking your fecal matter right. and Hershey kissing him. Right. Yeah, that's definitely, that's assault, brother. That's assault. It's not damaging, but it's just embarrassing. Right. The fact that you allowed a human being to approach you and then put a piece of shit on your nose. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be more embarrassing than anything because how did you let that happen? Yeah. How did it get this far? (laughs) How did it get there? Like, did you not see it coming? You ever seen those videos? I really love them. And this is... I like farts, so yeah. this is a great topic for me. The videos of where someone's sleeping and the other person will put baby powder in their pooper yeah, and they fart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really I've funny. wanted to do that to somebody so bad, and I've yeah. just never done it. Yeah. But I think that would be incredible because, dude, I've got... There are times where I've got some rippers that it would absolutely just... They'd be great. Yeah. It would it would look like Motley Crue doing cocaine. It I'll, should just be white powder everywhere. I like the jet propulsion ones where it kind of lifts me off my seat. 
where you can really feel a grumble, yeah. like a NASA takeoff. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You got fucking SpaceX right up your rectum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what do you think? Do you think those were those were good topics? Those were definitely were fun. Good. Those were good. I mean, all the best to everybody who. Uh, there's, you know, just a lot of bad health-related things in these articles. Yeah. A lot of health issues. Yeah. it's a lot of health issues in the world, though, if you're thinking about it. There's another article in there that was really sad about this new bacterial disease. It was like something spreading for, fr- like, frogs. It's like the biggest. I guess the, it's the most widespread, like. You heard about the deer, though, right? No. What happened with deer? You know, like, the same thing as, like, mad, mad cow, cow disease. Yeah, I've heard. So, I there's, know what it is. There's a problem with deer as well. Yeah, it's really bad in Iowa. It started in Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's in the Netherlands, too. Yeah, it just kills. With reindeer. It just fucking just completely just melts their brains. It melts their brain eventually, and they die, and it's the... Yeah, they're trying to eradicate it right now in like a couple of states in the United States. It's, it, but the problem is, is it's not detectable until it's already been basically they're, processed and basically because so that's the problem with the deer that die, right? Yeah, is that's how it can still spread. Yeah, even when they're alive, they're they're actually spreading it because I, I guess it can like come off on from their like I think it's in their fur I think it's in their, their poopy too. But it they it literally spreads back into the environment before it's even detectable in the deer. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Do you think it's a means to control the deer population, though? Because it's pretty out of control, you think about it. I mean, it makes sense. The biggest concern is whether or not it'll have any implications for us. Right. Well, they said so far it does not. Yeah. It, it doesn't, even if you're to consume the meat, that there's no, there's no, there's nothing going to harm a human as a result. But who knows? I, mean, I wonder what know. would happen if you had mad deer disease. That'd be crazy. When you start hoofing things. Yeah, I guess. That'd be crazy. You start galloping on all fours. Making that like weird whistling scream noise that they make. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like heartbreaking it's, when you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nasty. I don't even want to try to replicate we just, it. We just fucking butt heads like we got fucking antlers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Start <laughs> smashing our head into things. Yeah. <laughs> just running willy-nilly across yeah. the highway. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be wild. Uh, we do have a review this week. Yeah. We've got a good one. We actually, uh, we've got something that's, I don't want to call it rare. It's new. Uh, new or recent as like the last four or five months. I want to say it's eclectic. It's kind of like classy. Yeah, for sure classy. For sure classy. But I think everybody will enjoy it. And guess what? They'll get to enjoy it in a few minutes. But we're going to take a quick break. But we'll be back at Got everybody a, else here in just, just a few mementos. We, I'm going to huff Corey's farts. Yeah. Well, that's what I've got to do. I've got to <laughs> excuse myself. you got to dump dump. Yeah. i got to dump you dump. you got to poop poop. Yep. We'll be back to you guys in just a few minutes. We have a wonderful review today. And we're reviewing something that is fairly new to the marketplace and perhaps... I would say one of the most anticipated cigars that came out that released recently. Yeah. It's probably had more buzz around it than most cigars that have been released as of late. Yeah. So we were glad to get our hands on them. Yeah. Um, they were, let's see, I had one in my humidor. I found a special one. For a considerable amount of time from our, uh, our good fan and friend, J.R. Mugglebuggle, mm-hmm. sent them to me. So I held on to mine for probably a couple months before I actually went down the reviewing process. You ended up getting yours from a local shop, which I was surprised that they had them. And when I found out they had them, I actually went there the next day and bought two. Yeah. So um, 
maybe that tips our toe a little bit as far as how we like the cigar. Well, it's a little bit baffling maybe. for the store that I got them at. Right. I've seen their clientele, and I feel like that's going to be a hidden gem no one will find. Yeah, no one's going to pick it up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, if unless you know for sure that it's there and like you're yeah, seeking it out, you're gonna overlook it every fucking time. It'll never be picked up. It will hang in that humidor for probably a long time. Yeah. So and, and what, whatever probably, they have in there, I'm probably just gonna go. Keep and then the, them. their terrible humidification system is going to basically ruin them. Yeah, we should probably just go save them. I know. Like but, adopt them. But what are we talking Ooh, about? We're like adopting them. We could. Uh, we we could just steal them. And they consume them. We can steal them, and then when they try to prosecute us, we could literally say we'll claim negligence on that's their like, part. That's like that's the equivalent of like adopting an Af- adopting an African baby and then eating them when you bring them back to the states. Yeah, cons- consuming. Well, not really, but I know where you're trying to go with it. Yeah, I wonder if we could get prosecuted for stealing it and literally saying, "Well, they're being ne- negligent with this merchandise." Yeah, we are protecting them. We're simply protecting it. It's like people, you know, protesting the rainforest being torn down. That's yeah. how I look at it. Social justice. That's exactly what it is. You're <laughs> going to prosecute me for that. Dude, I will have people on the courthouse square as early as Monday. I'll pick it try out. to fight I'll me I'll pick them out front with signs saying, let them go. <laughs> let them go. So what cigar are we talking about? That tabernacle, bro. It's the new tabernacle Havana seed. Uh, number 142. Number 142. Number one. Number 140. It's like you're at the deli. 142? Yeah. 142, 142. It sounds like an auction number. Like, uh, you know, when you when you put up your fucking little paddle, mm-hmm. it looks like a fucking ping pong paddle with a fucking mm-hmm. number on it. Yeah, he's like, oh, 142. Yeah. So, 25,000. 27,000. I don't know how they do that. Dude. And is there a rhyme or reason to what they do? Or is it just literally rambling? And then they throw out a random number. I think it's a little bit I think a little bit of it's rambling, but they're obviously uh, fast talkers for the sake of time. But like, why do it? I, you know what? I need to study a little bit more. I think it's practice. Around why they do that, though. What's, but what's the point? Just to sound fast. <laughs> it's pretty. I'm sure there's got to be another reason they do that. I know it's long, probably a long-standing tradition, yeah. Because not every auction is that way, as you would know. Yeah, I got game book records speak twenty-one, thirty-four words in a minute. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I'm, I'm sure there's, and I'm also sure that if you want to be an auctioneer, like those particular people, yeah. that you have to probably practice that. I'm sure there's some you sort of to. test. I'm right? sure, right? It's not just a random mumbling. It's it's like uh, maybe they just like uh read rhymes and they just say rhymes as fast as they can yeah i feel like that'd be a great test what if you know i think that the first thing that comes to my head is the mikamato auction yeah when they do that yeah i wonder if and we just can't audibly understand it if they're rattling off the specifications of the vehicle oh shit and we just don't know shit maybe you know what I want to record an episode and, and slow and it down. Slow it down a quarter speed. What if it's like very apparent that yeah. it's like this 1967 green Chevy Chevelle? And you're like, a, wait, what? There's just a deeper meaning for like this car is a piece of shit. This guy's getting ripped off. Yeah. My fucking wife's a slut. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be a series of words that's going on in their head. You would think they're stringing together something. <laughs> Let's do the research after this review, but we definitely have to get into this. He's just reading his will. 
<laughs> no, that would be shame. It would be, wouldn't it? That would be bad. Hopefully it includes one of those dope-ass cars. Dude. Yeah. I love the Minkum auction. Anyway, so we are reviewing the Havana Seed Tabernacle, the 142. And what's essentially different about this one than the regular Tabernacle? Well, it is a Cuban seed grown in Connecticut. And apparently a pretty rare Cuban seed at that. So I don't think there's anything that I've had in the marketplace that it was considered this kind of Cuban style seed grown in Connecticut. And Nick, the guy who owns Foundation Cigars, which by the way, you still owe me a text. Um, Did you hear that, Nick? Put it out there, everybody. You still owe us a text. (laughs) Yeah, you still owe me a text back. Um, What is interesting is that he's known to be like the king of Connecticut, specifically Connecticut Broadleaf. That is, I believe, where he's born, and I think that's where Foundation is headquartered. So that Connecticut River Valley, where a ton of tobacco is produced. Yeah. He's supposed to be like the know-all, hey, I'm the guy who like, if there's anything to do with specifically Connecticut Broadleaf, I'm the guy that knows about it. What he did was he challenged himself in this one and taking this rare Cuban seed and growing it in Connecticut. Yeah. What's really cool about it is, is that this actually started, the production of this cigar started back in 2014. So the brainchild of this has been going on for years. That's when they actually started growing it. But because of what the seed is, the fermentation process roughly takes three years and that particular leaf to actually come to what he needed it to be to produce the cigar. Interesting. So like a fine wine or something that really needs to be aged, this is one of those particular pieces of tobacco that had to go through a longer fermentation process to get it where it needed to be. Yeah. There's no denying that the cigar itself is beautiful when you look at it and we'll get into the construction of it, but... Before we do so, Chris, how do we break these cigars down? Each cigar review is based on our six-point rating scale and broken down into three main categories, Corey. Construction, burn, and taste. Did you know that? See. See. We then see if the cigar is worth the price for possible bonus or penalty points. Fan favorite category for rating value of the cigars. And then finally, we average out our individual scores given you guys. Our total cigar rating out of six, and don't worry about the math. We'll do it for you, baby birds. We always do. We always do. We always come through for you. Cheap, We always come through for you. Yep. So, let's get into the nitty-gritty of the cigar. Um, Let me start off. The deets. If you don't mind. The deets. I would like to start off with my particular thoughts and opinion around the construction of this cigar in particular. What about the deets, bro? Oh, we need the details of the cigar. Well, who makes it? None other than A.J. Fernandez. So it's actually produced in the A.J. Fernandez factory. Which is surprising to me. I I don't think it is that surprising, honestly. Yeah, I don't think it's surprising. I mean, you think about in the sense of mass production and being able to put the time and attention that it deserves. I mean, I think this is so highly anticipated. I'm not sure that I would know of another factory that could take it on to the same degree. I don't think there's... I don't think that... I mean, I'm speculating, Mm -hmm. but there was a departure between both. I I get that, yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily going to ever be a reality. But this is a Hana Seed, Connecticut. So it is a Cuban seed grown in Connecticut. It is the binder of this particular scar is Mexican San Andreas, which we've 
become accustomed to for a long period of time, even in the sense of binders, and it's Honduran Nicaraguan fillers. Honduran being one of my favorite fucking type of fillers. Now, one thing that was specified in this particular cigar is that actually because everything about the cigar other than the wrapper Mm -hmm. is original to the previous tabernacle. So the wrapper is the only variation that's different. Except for, although the filler types are the same, from what has been broadcast out into the cigar world is that it actually has less Honduran tobacco in it than the original Tabernacle. So although the components are the same, I think the ratios are different. Yeah. I don't know that I would be able to notice anything different because I think the variation of the wrapper... This is 10% off and hard-nerving. Right. We smoked this in a Toro, so this comes in a 6x52, and the price per cigar is roughly 11.50. So it does command a bit of a higher price. Sure. Actually, even into the traditional Tabernacle, which really right now in the same Vitola, you can get around the $10 mark, $9.50, $10. Yeah. I've seen it as low as that. Yeah. I think maybe it's just because this one is a a newer variation of that, so it's probably, you know, it's commanding yeah. more of a high price yeah. just because of what it is. Mm-hmm. So... Overall, Chris, what did you think about the construction of the cigar? Well, my brother, I got to say it is a very beautiful cigar. In fact, I would say it's even more beautiful than the original. Now, the original is a little bit darker. Darker label, black and gold. But There's something about this little honey with the red and gold and a little bit of almost reddish kind of marbleish kind of Maduro look to the wrapper. This is it's pretty cool. On appearance, is 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 a more beautiful cigar than the original, but when it comes to firmness, <laughs> of course it's amazing. It's foundation. Of course, this is a nice rigid Toro six by fifty two. Great oiliness. I think that could be attributed to the fact that these have been aging for a little while. Yeah. And zero flaws. Now, I know I have zero flaws. I think you, did you? I had, so, and it's not, I don't even want to call it a flaw and necessarily in the construction. It was just one of those pet peeve things that I really just yeah. irritates the living fucking daylights out of me. Yeah. And of course can challenge the burn of the cigar too, which also irritates the living daylights yeah. out of me. I'd say from everything else categorically that we score on, this thing was outstanding. Yes. Except for the flaw category for me. And that literally just has to do with me trying to remove that stupid fucking band and it peeling up a significant chunk of the fucking wrapper listen, and trying to do so drives me nuts. Listen, guys, we've talked about this in previous episodes. When you've got a woman at the table or you got her in the bedroom and it's time to take off her bra, you got to do it gingerly with some finesse and dexterity and some, you know, you got to have good hands. You know what I'm saying? You got to have good hands. Yeah. You got to have surgeon hands sometimes with these labels. Yeah. Well, Corey unfortunately did. He got a little excited. Went to just rip off this brawl. She lost a fucking nipple. I didn't get excited, and I didn't rip it off. I actually tried quite gingerly to get it off. Well, The wrapper was already stuck to the band. Well, I've seen that same problem. Sometimes when the nipple lactates, that it actually can form a glue between the nipple and the brawl. So what likely happened is she had 
accidentally glued herself to her own bra. So therefore, when you rip off the bra, you're ripping off the nipple. That's much more accurate of a statement. Yeah, that's that's more of what happened in reality than the, what you previously yeah, said. Yeah, just ask her before you take off the label. If you've got a girl with you, ask her before you take off her bra. Have you been lactating? Because the last thing I want to do is rip off a nipple. Right. You know? Never want to rip off a nip. Yeah, just ask her. Nip rips are no good. No. Other than that, beautiful. It's very beautiful. I mean, goddamn, the cigar just looks good. Just appearance, just yeah. aesthetics alone. Yeah, the cigar looks amazing. Bohemian glow, and I do like the band. I think I feel like we've gotten really lucky as of recent, as far as like every single cigar that we've reviewed. Yeah, we've made remarks on the labels and the bands, and I think just in like the previous five or six, you're like, it's a pretty dope band. Yeah, totally. And I think this one is really cool too. And I love how companies will theme things together that are supposed to be themed together. The, yeah. tab, the idea of the tabernacle, very similar, similar label other than some variation in text and color. Like it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Keep that alignment. It's amazing. Build the brand around it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was from construction. That's the only, that's the only thing I really had to complain about. Yeah. Other than that was pretty damn good. No, yeah, I mean, this is a fucking great, you know, it's, it, after a while, you kind of get bored with the idea that, yeah, it's a great construction. Yeah, it's a great construction. We need a dud. You know, we need a dud one of these times. We'll get a Just dud. Just to rip apart the fucking construction. We'll get it. It'll happen. I mean, I always do a once over on the cigars, and here's the thing, if, if it was anything other than that, yeah, and even with the, the wrapper being pulled off from yeah. the label, if it was any variation in construction other than that on this particular cigar, yeah. I would have been extremely worried. Yeah. I would have actually been pretty disheartened by it. I have an expectation not only for the output of foundation, but in this particular line, there's an expectation it is supposed to be the highest yeah. quality, especially paying 1150 for it. It no better fucking shit. be good. 1150 is expensive. I can, yeah. One of my favorite bottles of wine is $10. And, I can, and it takes me a while to drink that motherfucker. Ooh, that's uh, sterling. It's that sterling, baby. So, yeah, I have a high expectation for a cigar like this. Now, how did it burn? Mm. How well, did yours burn? Well, I never lit mine, actually. I snapped the cap and just... <laughs> just ate it? Just dry-drawled it. Yeah, just the whole way through. Just the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be... I'm going to try that. It'd be impossible. I'm going to do dry-drawing. Yeah, it would actually be... Have you ever smoked an infinite cigar? <laughs> Well, I got, I got the, I got the solution. Um. Okay. So burn. Uh. So v cutting that sweet little baby, lighting her up. What can I say? Consistency. How evenly did it burn? Uh. Mine burned fucking just like amazingly. Um. It reminds me of the same burn that I've had with uh the Liga Pravada number nine. That same burn for me. I think it, a lot of it's attributed to a good quality wrapper. I um, mean, the proper bunching of the fillers, but mine burned really fucking evenly. Now, I don't really throw out numbers all that often when it comes to consistency of burn because they're always kind of middle of the road and kind of average. But this one was extremely high for me. I gave it a 1.9 out of 2 for uh, just the consistency of the burn all the way through. It just had a nice, just evenness. I remember, I remember smoking it. Remember, we were smoking it out on the back patio, and I was like, look at mine. Yeah. I know yours was a little different. Yeah. But mine was spot on, bruh. And um, the draw, amazing. Every tabernacle I've ever had has had a really pretty, pretty nice draw. Yeah. Not like crazy, not, you know, 
not filling up the room like we're in the movie The Mist and we can't see each other and like you know like can't even see two feet in front of us. Not nothing that drastic, but it had a pretty nice smoke. Definitely above average, but that draw was you know it was just it was just wonderful. Yeah. And 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 uh, the hold test. Well, uh, I want to hear your thoughts before we get into the the old hold test. Um. So I already anticipated just because the label was pulling up right. my the wrapper. Yeah, so I did yeah. I did have a challenge towards the end. That was the one that was anticipated. What wasn't anticipated is that that nice even burn that you got. I didn't get so much throughout the beginning half of the cigar. Now I'll attribute that to being the fact that this is an insanely thick wrapper. So yeah. if you look at the cigar visibly, not only is it very oily, but it's very thick. Thicker wrappers tend to not burn as even. They tend to get a little wonky. I think yours is exactly what is intended, but mine isn't any different. Like it's almost anticipated. Yours was intended. Mine was almost anticipated. Yeah. You don't want it to be that way, but it's just the way that burned. Now, did it have any sort of bearing on the outcome of flavor or relight in the cigar? No. I simply turned it over, flipped the other side. Now, the funny part is, is when I did that, then the other side started running. <laughs> so it, it it literally flipped twice, and then I had the issue right around the label. And that even in and of itself wasn't too challenging either. It kind of got off pace a little bit, but it was so far towards the end of the cigar that it really didn't have an effect on the cigar in a negative way. Yeah. So three things, two of which I didn't anticipate, one of which I did, still didn't bear a huge negative on the outcome of the smoking experience. So although I've got to deduct points for it being a little bit wonky, and then of course the construction flaw, I'm just thankful that I didn't have to relight. So, Well, let me ask you, since your girl really could have used a skin graph, uh, how was the hold test? Because we sit this baby down for five minutes, and you got a little bit of inconsistency, a little bit of running. Mm Mm-hmm. She's missing half her fucking lower torso. Skin's ripped off. Yeah. Doctors don't know what to do. You know, they just got her wrapped in bandages. Uh, did she make it through? I will put it this way. Um, it was like starting a car on a cold day. It burnt right back up, but it took a little bit to get there. The yeah, yeah, a little bit of a it's some turnover issues before it actually decided to f- fire up all the cylinders. Yeah. So, so it did, and I, I honestly anticipated it was going to be worse than that, but it actually, it just a, a few little puffs and right back to where we were. I rarely say this about a cigar. Um, I gave it a perfect two. Uh, the reason I, I did is because... This little honey tabernacle Havana seed Connecticut 142 with this Hadaran and Nicaraguan fillers. Very quickly after the five minute hole test, I realized how much of a light sleeper she was. I barely had to nudge her. And she's yeah. just like, oh, I'm up. Yeah. It was so quick. This is like literally one puff and it was back to normal. All cylinders firing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That rarely happens. Yeah, it, it very rarely happens. I don't care what the, cigar the, it is. And the times of which it does, you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, this is great. Almost all of them need what, what you call the cold start, right? Yeah. The engine Most on a cold day, yeah. 
you know, you hit the ignition, doesn't quite start up. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And I also think there's something to be said about the five minute mark that we have, because there's very, there's many times of which we make it through that five, but we're like, if it wasn't even in six minutes, that bitch would have went out. So I think it's not only the appropriate amount of time, but I think it is kind of like the ultimate average as far as if you're ever going to turn your back towards it or you need to do something else yeah, that just know after five minutes that you're probably going to have to relight. It's going to be very close to that. There's some cigars that are anomalies where it's like 10 minutes passes and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, whether you're not, you know, you want to fart on your employee or you want to inject some vegetables into your veins. Yeah. When you're away from that cigar, you, when you come back to it after you basically go no. toxic internally, yeah, no, you've you want to make sure that it's it's still got a good solid burn on it. You don't have right. to relight it because you're going to have to be going to the hospital soon and time is precious. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the burn was great, man. And it, you know, even the, with the original Tabernacle, the burn was always great. You know, it's just, it's just like I said, it's kind of like the number nine. Yeah. You know, uh, conspiracy theorists would say that there's some things in the binder that help the number nine kind of continue to produce smoke after you draw it, you know, maybe some mineral oils or whatever the case may be. Um, But even this tabernacle kind of did the same thing. Now, I don't know if there was any minerals in it to help it kind of burn like that after I draw, but it did the same thing. And I love that. Right. The aesthetic. I mean, you see that on posters, old 19... 20s and 40s and 50s posters of guys smoking cigars and they're just holding in you see the stream smoke, smoke streaming off of it yeah. in reality that's not always the case right you know but for this cigar but for this cigar it was yeah. it's like every time i smoked it it was like painting a picture creating a poster it's essentially a runway cigar yeah totally i've just coined a new now term. i don't agree with the name I feel like the name insinuates like some, I don't know. I feel like it's a name you'd call your wiener. Like, goddamn, <laughs> come up, Gene, grab a damn tabernacle. <laughs> you know? But, you know, regardless of the name. Yeah. It's a fucking amazing cigar on the burning construction. Yeah. Yeah, so far, two out of two. Two out of two. Doing pretty good. So, ultimately, really, and this is what everybody cares about, is what's the flavor of the cigar like? Does it meet the mark? And not only does it meet the mark, but how does it do against its older brother? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the original Tabernacle is a very, very highly rated cigar. Yes, it is. So how does Baby Brother stack up? All right. Let's just fucking get into it. This is the best way I can describe the Tabernacle. Havana C, Connecticut, number 142. That is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be on our poster, so who gives a shit? Yeah. You're also used to a mouthful, so <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. Best way I can describe this cigar, imagine making a five-course meal and pulling out everything and sitting in front of you at the dinner table. And you know what? You're like, oh, well, look at all these great little foods here. And I take a bite from this one. It's like, ooh, that's delicious. And then I pull another bite from another little different dish on the, on the plate. Ooh, that's delicious. And I'm just picking different little mini meals on my dinner tray. And I'm just eating them. I'm like, oh, God, each one of these is fucking amazing. I don't know which one to choose. I keep going back and forth. Right. That's how this tabernacle felt to me. The change-ups and flavors were so often that it was like having like a, a seriously complex meal. Like, I just, I picked out so much. I'll throw out some names. 
tangy. A little bit of Mexican San Andreas in the in the binder that may have attributed to it as long as as well as the wrapper. Earthiness. I think that's probably a little bit of the Honduran. Mild spice. Well, Nicaraguan. And then it switched up. So it was atypical. Based on the cigar profile, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what I would expect. But what the fuck happened about a quarter way through? And it did this on and off, on and off. Like I was taking a bite of peas, and then I was going to bits of steak, and then peas, and then steak. This son of a bitch then gets bitter. And I'm like, ooh, that was a bitter hit. But it was nice. It was like having a bite with a little too much salt on it. And then, uh, then I go to another bite of something else. And then I started getting like sweet. Yeah. And then back to bitter. And then some sweetness. And then some tanginess and earthiness. It went back and forth so many goddamn times. It's like I went to a fucking golden corral and sampled from every goddamn food item that was in their fucking trays. That's a pretty accurate way of explaining it. <laughs> it may have been a little specific, but it was... <laughs> Pretty accurate, nonetheless. But there was the distinction on all those flavors. I, that's my my true feeling is I was able to pick out all those flavors, and that doesn't happen very often. Usually, right. it's one two note type of cigar. Right. There were so many flavors that came out in this cigar that it was just an amazing balance of flavors, in my opinion. Um, and the fact that they were able to achieve that is kind of mind boggling. Yeah. A bit. It just like those flavors. Mm, I love that roller coaster ride of flavors, and I got this one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, the diversity in flavors of the cigars is really, I think, probably the most notable thing that you and I discussed when we were smoking them, because there was numerous amounts of times. Because this was, this is one of the cigars that we actually ended up reviewing together, which is not traditional for us yeah. to do. One of the things that we continued doing without sharing too much was we kind of would look at each other at certain points. We're like, "Holy shit, did you?" Have you did been? You just get did you get that? Did you get that yet? It was like at the and, exact same points. Yeah, and we when we were both getting the same thing. So again, without saying too much, we would look at one another and go, "Holy, what the fuck was that?" Because I think uh, we were smoking them at pretty pretty similar paces all the yes, way up until we about the end. So what you were what you were getting in terms of a different flavor or another dynamic in the cigar, it was either shortly followed by me or I was slightly ahead or we were kind of right at the same point. I know we were smoking two different cigars, but it kind of felt like we were sharing a meal together. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting because it that's exactly how I felt about the cigar. It did change up so many different times. There's so many different variations of flavors. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that, and I've said this before, Sometimes you get variations in flavors that aren't complementary to one another. This is one that is definitely complementary. And I like the dynamic of the wrapper. I do too. Because the original Tabernacle is so good. I think this one had a lot to live up to. It had big shoes to fill in terms of their relationship to one another. Yeah. And this one is like right on par. I don't want to go out and say it's better. It's just different. It's really good. I love the original Tabernacle. It's actually probably one of my favorite... Although I don't smoke it too terribly often, when I get in the mood for it and I smoke, I go, oh, this is, this, is the, this is the greatness that I remember that I love going back to intermittently. Yeah. This cigar has that same kind of feel to it. It's like, I'm not going to smoke it once a week. I'm not going to even smoke it once a month. I'll probably smoke it once every three months. But when I do, I know I'm going to love it every totally. time. Totally. It's just such a fantastic flavor profile all the way throughout the cigar. One of the things I love about it is even from the get-go... You know that you're going to get that prototypical spice up front, yeah. but it's so good and what it leads into. And it's almost like very, very smooth segues from one flavor to another. It's not this whole like yep. 
boom, it hits you in the face and then you get confused by it. It's just like this subtle transition from one to another over and over and over yep. all the way into the end of the cigar. This is what's great about the cigar. It didn't smoke too hot at the end Mm-mm. and it was still very flavorful without being too charred towards like the last inch, inch and a half of the cigar. It's true finger burner. Like this is one that we smoked literally until it, a, it just went out. It was an hour and a half. Well, it was almost, it was almost an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, we, we were inching up on the two hour yeah. mark. And I was, I was, Chief and pretty good. I was, I, mean, I was, and you know what? One of the reasons I was smoking, I think, as fast as I was, is because I really liked the flavor change so much. Yeah, there was like, okay, what's the next one? It's yeah. like fucking eating a bag of Skittles without seeing the colors. Yeah, You're totally. Like, oh shit! I know I'm gonna get a red and a purple in here yeah. pretty soon. Like playing bamboozle, but all the flavors are good. Oh, dude, it was it was fantastic. I really actually enjoyed the flavor of the cigar a lot. Um, I I think. I think when I smoke it again, I'll, I'll appreciate it even more. I think so, too. Honestly, because that's why I picked another two up, because I really do believe that the next time I smoke it, knowing what I know now, it's almost like watching Pulp Fiction for the full, first time. Yeah. Like, Damn, that was a good movie. Then you watch it the second time. You're like, holy then shit. Then you really pay attention, you're, but you, you enjoy pay attention, it. right? And you're picking up on things that maybe were missing before. I think the next time I smoke it, it's going to be an enhanced experience. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be a wonderful thing to do again is smoke that cigar. Yeah, which I certainly will because I picked up two more. Yeah. Which I was very excited about. I'm glad uh, this particular place had them. So, in conclusion, where do we stand as far as a score? Well, first. And does this. Let's talk about this price point, though. It's eleven fifty on average. Right. Is it worth eleven fifty? Chris and Corey, sounds like you had an amazing experience. Is it worth twelve dollars? Uh yeah. Yeah, I think given the Vitola it certainly is a six by fifty two. But I'm gonna go as far to say. In my personal opinion, I feel like I'm getting a bargain based on how long it smokes. And how good of the flavor is and the experiences. I think I'm getting a slight bargain. In my head, when I smoke this cigar, I feel like I'm smoking a fifteen plus dollar cigar. Hmm. That's how I feel. So I end up giving it a prize bonus. Interesting. What uh, a, what a nice dynamic here. What a nice dynamic. Um it, because I it is one of those things where I mean, any any cigar in this general price range over $10, and when I consider what I smoked and how much I liked it, it's kind of, it's it's one of the leaders of the pack, in my opinion, okay. especially from flavor. So I ended up giving a prize bonus because I was like, yeah, I was debating it. I was like, yeah, $12 or, you know, around $12 is a good price for it. But I think it's, in my opinion, it's worth more. And Interesting. I, I'd pay fifteen bucks for it, like I would a number nine or an Andalusian bull. That's interesting. I don't know that I agree with you, but I, I think it's appropriately priced. I think paying eleven fifty for it, mm. I could do all day long. I don't know that I would pay any more for that, and it's not because I don't necessarily think it's worth it. I just like the idea that this cigar is still in alignment with the regular Tabernacle and really anything in the foundation lineup. Sure. If you're talking about like the Wise Man Maduro, which is one of my really all-time goody. favorite cigars, yeah. is kind of hovers around that price range too. So I think from a lineup perspective, it's it's where it needs to be. 
Um, I do agree with you, though, as far as that if I'm comparing it to other like cigars, even in that particular Vitola from other manufacturers, I do think this one is probably a better value because the price is so low. I think from a flavor perspective, it's on par with some of the better cigars out there, the most notable lines, even in like the Drew Estate Legal lineup. Yeah. uh, And even some of the other ones that kind of mimic a higher price range, but from an experience perspective are on par. So I do think there's it's a better value, but I I didn't give it a pricing bonus. I think it's it's close, but I don't think for my experience is deserving. That's fair. What what would you spend on it though? I would probably spend twelve twelve fifty. Yeah, I think twelve fifty is probably as high as I would go to spend on this. So like a number cigar. nine is like a thirteen buck cigar usually. Sometimes more depending on where you go. And illusion, which is like a two and a half hour smoke. Seventeen is seventeen right now. Yeah. Yeah, the consideration between those two is the vitola, right? Because the the bowl yeah. is only made in the one vitola. I, I'm I'm putting this in the classification of supercars, right? The, okay. It's it's kind of to me feels like one of it. Remi- it reminds me of the Nissan GTR in the supercar lineup. Right, okay. there's a lot of supercars like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, that Porsches, that, right? That are 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 nice cars. They're nice race cars, right. basically. But they are they're a quarter million dollars. Yeah. And then you get a Nissan GTR, which is just as good, if not better, than those, right. but at a ninety thousand dollar price range. Yeah, that's, that's how fair. I that's how I feel about it. It's like the Nissan GTR of the supercar class. Yeah, I'd I'd give you that. That's yeah. actually, a, I think that's a fair analogy, actually. So. But yeah, I, I fucking love that flavor, dude. It, it, and it, the flavor is damn good. It's fucking crazy how much it changes up. Literally, I literally looked at Corey. I'm like, dude, I just got the craziest hit of bitterness. And it wasn't even two puffs after that because you were just barely behind yeah, me. You're like, oh, up. I got it. Yeah. It's, it is very interesting, the the different variations and changes you get in a cigar from flavor perspective. Oh, dude, totally. Um, yeah, I think I think this cigar is really awesome, and actually, it's weird. Weirdly enough, the first thing that I thought about was I would love to, I would love a cigar to be blended using that Cuban seed Connecticut, totally. and something else. Totally, I want to say I want to have it have like it as different a filler. Do it, just do something different with it. Either change up the variation and and fillers and binder, yeah. or use use it in another component of the cigar because I, I want to see how much of a difference that really. I mean, because there's obviously a major difference between this cigar and the regular tabernacle with just those two components that fluctuate, right? It's just the wrapper is the only difference. It's the only variation. I would love to see it used with a different blend or as another part of the cigar if possible, just because I would like to see how it just kind of changes up. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. I thought the flavor of the cigar was fantastic. So where does that bring us in the overall rating? Oh man, mine's, mine's really high. And this is figured as much. This one's comparable to some other very, very highly rated cigars that have always been favorites of mine, and it's right with right there with them. I gave it a five point seven six. Jesus Christ! Which is Christo. a flat ninety six percent. Good lord! So that would probably be one of the highest drink cigars that you've ever touched your pretty little lips. Very close. Um, you know, when I go through some of the lists, the number nines up there with it. The Cro-Magnon Formorian for me is up there with it. Uh, the original Tabernacles up there with it. Hey, there, there's definitely a select amount of cigars um, that have kind of breached the 94% or higher for me. Right. And there's not that many. Wow. That's pretty incredible. 
Um, mine did not command as high of a score <laughs> as much as I like the cigar. Uh, I came in at with no sort of pricing bonus or delta. Came in at a 5.47, which is right just above a 91%. Mm. So those two scores averaged out come to a 5.6, which is an overall percentage of a 93.5. That's pretty good. Which I think is pretty appropriate given the experiences yeah. of the cigar. Um, just the challenges with the burn for me, just in yeah. de- deducting points there, um, certainly shaved off a bit and without the pricing bonus. Um, I, I personally, I thought what I, what I had was right in line and, and had the burn experience and, and the I, no flaws. I think that, a little bit I better. think that matches the score for sure. It's one of those cigars. If you, if you find the, uh, the, the perfect one in the litter, right. It's going to be, this up is going to be way up there. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely agree with that. That's why I'm excited to smoke it again. Yeah. I won't redo any of this. But I'm really excited to smoke it again just to see how the experience yeah. differs. Now, I will say this. For a cigar that is a $12 price point on average, and it's not as readily accessible in B&Ms from at least what I've seen around here. I'm sure they're in most major ones that you might have, bigger ones that you have around you. This is this can kind of be in any occasion cigar because it is still around that fair price point of around $10, $11, which I think is acceptable. It's kind of like the party smoke. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily a cigar you might want to smoke by yourself, but it's like the one you take to kind of show off with your friends, you know, when you're smoking in a group of people. Yeah. It reminds fair. me of that cigar. But when it comes to the flavor profile of this, and I've usually put this, most of the cigars we review as kind of casual to aficionado. There's a lot of cigars we smoke that are just not ideal for novice smokers. Right. This is one where I feel like, it's more appropriate for an aficionado, even in, in excluding a casual smoker, um, mainly just because of the price point. But secondly, there's so much unique flavors in there that um, I don't necessarily know if you'll be able to appreciate it or, or you might find it a little too weird. Yeah, I think there would be a severe lack of appreciation yeah. for the cigar for somebody who doesn't smoke often. Yeah. Someone that doesn't smoke a variety of cigars and doesn't really have a palate developed enough to kind of understand, I guess, some of the subtleties in this one and some of those flavor transitions. I do agree with you as far as I think it would be a little bit confusing. And I think it, I I think the lack of appreciation would be more apparent um, where someone would just be like, eh, eh, okay. And then you would be looking at them going, what the fuck do you mean? Eh." It's like a fucking Mozart. You're like, this goddamn thing is, you know, this is a, this is a Pablo Picasso. It's an MC Cheshire. Like, what is it? What's the name? MC Cheshire. Or... MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> doing the leg thing. Fucking hammer time. <laughs> I I do I do agree with that. Like this isn't certainly if someone were to come over to my house that doesn't smoke often, I wouldn't be handing them a fucking Havana Sea no. Tabernacle. I wouldn't be handing them the regular Tabernacle. Yeah, I'd be handing them the Charter Oak. Yeah, if I can cut your teeth on this one, yeah, then we'll graduate you. Yeah. I do, I do agree with that. It's not an any occasion cigar um, for that, for that specifically. And I would, I would. This is one that I would probably only recommend to an experienced smoker. Yeah, I would Period. too. Yeah, I just, yeah. If you're smoking occasional cigars at this point, I'm very familiar with the casual, uh, casual, casual cigar smoker. Yeah, they usually buy the same stuff and they smoke maybe once a week. If that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so 
it's very hard for you to develop out what you, as you put it, a, a palette that you've tried a significant amount of stuff right. and really kind of perfected what you've liked, what you like and don't like. Yeah. That having this cigar would be just like kind of like brain overload. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like sensory overload of flavors. I agree. I agree. And for some, I would say if not a better understanding of cigars would probably not feel like the best money spent right. for your experience. Right. So. What yeah. a great review. Corey. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I was actually really excited to review it too because it was one that's been on the radar for a long time and, and it happened to, it just kind of all came together at once. Hey, don't you grab my tabernacle. <laughs> squirt, squirt. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll be it's wrapping that, it up. What do we got uh, in way of questions man, and shout outs? It's that time again. Give me one hot minute where we answer your questions, shout outs, and would you rathers. But today we got to do a little catch up time. So we got one shout out and one question, right? This the first one comes out to from Adam Stevens. Shout out to my wife, Jamie, for taking care of our son when I was traveling for work so I can make money and, of course, da, 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 buy cigars. Nice. I always appreciate you got a your happy, real supportive winner, family. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the things that I'm a little challenged with going forward in my life. But if you can find a significant other that would support you on this, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I think uh, having having them also understand the the uh the ill-informed health risks associated with it also is beneficial. Yeah. Cuz I think it's still very taboo yeah. for people to look at someone like a cigar smoker and say, "Ooh, that's gross. That's unhealthy." Yeah. Maybe a little, but so is a McDonald's cheeseburger. That's true. Yeah, I I would have so that's a great shout out and uh my wife's very similar as far my wife <laughs> as far as not only being understanding but support supporting this uh this habit of mine um she's bought me stuff for cigar smoking yeah she's gone out places and bought me cigars she's bought me I have a really nice custom engraved cutter uh she literally lets me smoke all the time and she knows how much I spend on cigars and never challenges me on that so it's um it's that kind of support we all need in our yeah, life totally so if you can find that significant other, and I think you did, Adam, hold on to her, brother. Yep. Hold on to her until your lung cancer kicks in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then make sure that fucking trial job you have <laughs> yeah. is incredible insurance. Yeah. This last one comes out to us from Troy Wildberger. If you had to choose one boutique brand to smoke for one year, oh. who would it be? This is all I got for now. Love Jesus you Christ. Well. That's a toughie. That is a toughie. Um, in my personal opinion at this point, based on some things I'm seeing start to roll out for 2019 and 20, um, I'm on the Romacraft train. Have you seen all the shit they're releasing? Yeah. 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 I have. I want to smoke all of them. Yeah. There's some, is some good shit coming out. Um, I don't know if that would be the one just because I, oh, here's, here's what I'm challenged by with that. I love, so in terms of. In terms of like overall quality, yeah. this is for one year. Romacraft is definitely up there. Yeah, three hundred and sixty-five days. I'm honestly because of the diversity and what is brought to market, I would have to say either Foundation, even though their lineup isn't massive, but it is pretty diverse, or Crowned Heads. I think the number, and I'm someone that needs a change up often. Yeah, I think the number of cigars produced by crown heads and of course the variation of factories that they use to produce them mm -hmm. 
you get so many different types of cigars over the course of a year, new stuff being introduced, and of course, an already diverse lineup. Yeah. That would probably be my number one just because I could really pick and choose through a lot of different stuff and yeah. stuff that I really, really enjoy. I would agree with the Crown Heads being having a little bit more diversity as far as lineup in the blends, mainly because they deal with multiple factories and, right. and, and blenders. Exactly. Um, whereas Roma Craft kind of does it their own way. And, right. And, and while they do change things and components and try new stuff, it still has what I would consider the Roma Craft signature flavor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I, I agree with that. But damn, they, they got fucking They're just, every I, goddamn day. I'm seeing a new fucking lineup. I just think what Roma Craft does, they do so good. Yeah. That it's like if you defaulted to that, you're never you're not going to be disappointed. It just depends on what, what you like. Yeah. If you're one of those, if you're the, the type of person who likes a very similar flavor profile with some slight adjustments, then Roma Craft is what you'd probably want to smoke for a year. Yeah. If you're somebody who likes just a complete different variation of cigars and a, an extremely diverse lineup, for me, that's where like Crown Heads or a Foundation yeah. lands. There's a ton of other good ones out there. I mean, like you could even, you could kind of argue Cornelius and Anthony, although I think some of the flavor profiles Chairman of the cigar Solomon's are Solomon's got pretty, a wide lineup. There's is a wide lineup, but I think they're still challenged by the actual depth of cigars and the breadth of cigars that they have. Yeah. Um, but what you do get is pretty good, minus some of the weird Sumatran stuff. But um, like the Fellow Craft is amazing. I just don't think that their lineup is big enough. Who else would be out there that would be in consideration? You have Illusion, who's got a got plethora a of cigars that Tatawahe. very much have a, a bunch of different variations. Fucking LFD. LFD Black Label they Trading Company, ton. I think, is probably one that you could that you could certainly yeah. argue would be pretty good in terms of like variation uh there's there's actually probably quite a bit out there i think there's some yeah there's some really good brands i just on the market right now that that you could put into that category troy i just gave you my like gut reaction like my my immediate yeah without me too without doing any research i would definitely have to and i probably would even if i broke it down even further probably continue to go with crown heads just Mm -hmm. because of how many different types of cigars they have they're yeah. just their lineup is so massive it's very, and it's very diverse and they're all good like yeah. there's you know there's there's some in there that are not as good as others but it's like i i could i could smoke let uh, put it for, put it this way from the different cigars they have even if you got your hands on some of the limited edition stuff you're talking like 30 different fucking cigars it's right there as you smoke one a day that's 30 days worth of fucking cigars i know and you could just do that every month and you just do it every month just and start over yeah I, I think just the variation alone makes it makes them probably my yeah. top choice. Yeah. Good question, though. Very great question. Very complex question. It is. I think it's one that it probably warrants a little bit more thought than just kind of off the cuff answer. But yeah, that's where my head went. So yeah, same, same. Well, thank you guys so much. I think we're all caught up finally. Yeah, it's taken a while. Yeah, I did have to skip over some. Would you rather's? Eh, just because you're sick fucks. Yeah, pretty much. And I will not give you a platform. Even we have lines <laughs> that can be crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's all good. Um, this is a good episode. Yeah. It's episode 94, so we're uh, fast approaching. We got, we'll have another really good episode coming up next week. A, a surprise guest, dare I say. 
So we'll have another interview that we'll be conducting next week. And then after that, I've got to do just a quick shout out to um, to J.R. Mugglebuggle, who gave us the idea the other night of doing like something around uh, along the lines of a boutique week. And I was looking through some of the reviews that we've already that we've already completed mm. for the podcast and collapsing some of those into something like what Jr. had recommended, I think is a hundred percent doable. And dare I say, it'll be our first ever boutique week, um, cigar lineup. So we're going to do multiple reviews in one episode, which we've never done before. And for Halloween, it's going to be an even more special month where it's boutique month with a boo, like boo boutique. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we're going to do some sort of marketing spin. On that. <laughs> That's um, something that Joe's they would for sure fucking do. Yeah, yeah and they would. <laughs> they would. Um, yeah, so my my whole, just kind of going through the list of what we smoked, I think probably once a quarter, once every three months, we can definitely do come in hot with a strong boutique week. That way we're, we're shedding some light on some of the really good stuff out there that's being produced that people may not know about as much. And then we can't fit always on the platform of our own show. Yeah, it's, it's nearly impossible if we're only breaking down once yeah. a week and then intermittent interviews. So we would we just never make them through off. So... Um, we'll be creating the format of that. Probably do that in the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, again, we're fast approaching episode 100. Stay tuned for October for Boutique Week. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back at you next week with episode 95. See everyone. See ya. Hey, thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. How can you get a hold of Chris and I? Well, you can get a hold of Chris at Big6Chris on Instagram. You can get a hold of myself at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. We're both main administrators for our Hot Ticket Facebook faction group. You can join now. How do you find the podcast? Well, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher, Podomatic, Google Play, and Spotify. It's pretty much everywhere. Um, as always, we greatly appreciate everybody listening. And if you could, this would be a huge help to us. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. It's super helpful. Uh, we're... Fastly approaching that episode 100. We've got a couple really good episodes coming up, so stay tuned for those. Um, and as always, we really greatly appreciate everybody's participation, everybody listening, all the engagement on social media. It's been fantastic. Um, and with that, we'll see you guys next week for episode 95. See you.